This one is going to be fun because I've been waiting so long to chat with Scandal. And I, I never thought that we could actually get an interview with him because he's always been busy doing great, great things like good music and uh, always in the studio. And finally, we got a hold of him and we thought, okay, let's have a chat with him. And, and I, I'm so glad because this conversation went very well. Yeah. <laughs> and Scandal, S-C-N-D-L. He's this Melbourne-based producer, DJ, that pioneered a lot of the electronic sounds you hear today like mm. the music you hear a lot of it what people don't realize is especially stuff that came out of melbourne scandal was always around and he has always been around yeah he, he they were he's always involved with the the will sparks the joel fletchers the timmy trumpets he's always in like that crew and it and it's really cool to see that and if you don't know scandal well you'll know after listening to this but you know him too well. Yeah, yeah, a little bit too, too well. <laughs> nah. But he, yeah, look, it, it was a great chat. And uh, um, look, I've known him for a little while. And it's good that you, Tony B, get to, to learn a little bit more. I remember when I spoke to him in the bathroom at a club, <laughs> we were do, doing each other's ties up. And I thought, this guy is just so cool. He's just a really humble, chill guy. But, you know, he's at the club. You see him up on the stage and he's just kicking it and playing all his great music and his production. And yeah, the chat about... How he does his stuff is really interesting and very exciting to hear how he did it. I feel like being a musician is pretty much that. You should be a musician. You know, you should write what music you feel is important to you and that you like. And if people like it too, that's a bonus. If they don't, well, you know, you're still happy with the art that you've created. I think that's that's the way I look at it. And I love the way he looks at music, man. The way he looks at creating, the way... He just his, his mindset in general yeah. is just awesome and not much more we could say. He's the, uh, he's our chat with Scandal. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good, bro. Doing pretty good. Excited <laughs> to come out of lockdown, mate. Get it ready to start. Get it ready rolling. Summer's here. <laughs> oh, I, I love... How you guys doing? Oh, I, I'm, doing I'm doing really good. We, we still keeping up the chats. We yeah. still... I uh, get to talk to Australia's hottest artists and I can't believe, and, I, and I've said this to you before, I cannot believe we haven't chatted with you before because you've done such a great job of making Australian dance music what it is. Um, you have your own sound. I feel like it's a little bit of a Melbourne bounce sound versus just your own thing. You you put a little twist to it, and it, and it's it is. A, it's like, it's yeah. Melbourne bounce reimagined. Yeah, like a bit, like a bit right. of like a cleaner more like slick version. You're like the A1 of Melbourne Bounce. <laughs> or you can Thanks be a little, so bit, a little bit scandalous with the Melbourne Bounce So, so, so scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so. <laughs> R- wrong scandal, bro. Uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> You've had a journey. You've had a really big journey. Um, and, and I really want to know all about what's happened. You've, over, you, you've come from a duo into a yep. solo. Um, let, let, tell me a little bit about your journey so far. Um, okay, well, I met Adam, uh, what, nine years ago now, and we both just sort of weren't really producing. We just both had ideas and we're both like, look, let's just try to do something different, let's try to do something new. I had um, all these ideas, but I'd never touched a piece of production software in my life, so I had no clue which way it was up. And he had a semi-basic knowledge of it, so sort of gave me the rundowns of what to do and whatnot, and then we just pretty much started off with a bang. We were like, um, we'd obviously both grown up in Melbourne and there'd been like this Melbourne minimal sort of sound that had been 
here and specifically here for, I don't know, you know, long before I'd gone clubbing and whatnot. So um, I guess we kind of took that sound and tried to evolve it a bit, I guess, with Will and Joel and a few other boys um, at that time. We all sort of started trying to develop, I guess, the sound into a more international, more internationally accessible, I guess, version of what we'd been hearing you know, every weekend in Melbourne because it just had this sick energy and really good drive and stuff that we hadn't really heard in any of the electro that was coming out or or, or that sort of stuff or the progress, progressive at that time. So we were like, look, let's just try and take what we've got down here and reimagine it like you were saying before and, and sort of do something a bit different and take it to the world. And that's pretty much what happened. We um, kind of gave it a crack and it got picked up by, you know, Porter Robinson was actually one of the first people to play any of like scandal music anywhere overseas, which was really crazy, man, at at the time, you know, because he had language out and that was just like, you know, insane and it was one of the biggest records in the world, still is, in my opinion. Um, And, you know, to see him playing it and then, you know, to start doing remixes for like um, Dimitri Vegas and like Mike and Martin Garrix and, you know, all those kind of guys from this sound that was you know, born pretty much in the dungeons of Melbourne um, is was pretty exciting to see. And now everywhere's pretty much adopted it and it's just evolving on its own now. I think, you know, everyone that started in the scene has sort of got their own niche, like you were saying before. And I think everyone is just evolving and adapting their sound to their what fits their shows and, and their fan base. See, I love that. Like that whole... Melbourne is really good for this, especially in like your dance and electronic music. Mm, yeah. They've got such a strong underground um, fan base. Yeah. And to be able to utilize that and, and almost like test out your sound and be like, all right, if these, if these people love it, let's bring it and hit, hit, hit international stages. Exactly. Did you expect it to grow the way it did? <laughs> not at all, man. Yeah. Not at all. Like not in the slightest. Um, there was a, I felt like, and a lot of the other boys felt like there was a bit of a pushback actually, like from the larger Australian uh, dance community, I guess, because it was a bit more of like a dirty underground Mm. Melbourne kind of, you know, sound and very niche and whatnot. But, you know, I think the energy and the records just broke through all that, you know, chatter and and sort of negativity and just blew up, which I never thought was going to happen. I don't think anyone thought it was going to happen, to be honest. It was just, you know, the offbeat baseline, I guess, is in heaps of different genres of music, but the way that we all did it was just a little bit different. And I, it just works on dance floors everywhere. I'm sure you guys have seen, you know, it just, it doesn't matter where you are, that sort of beat just makes people move. And I guess that's what make, made it take off the way it did, which was crazy. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Nice. Like, I, like uh, the reason why I love the sound of Melbourne is just, it, it's not complex. It, it would be so hard to make as well because everything would just sound the same if you just kind of, you know, you put the kick drum and whatever you need to do with it. But you guys really put a lot of thought in, you know, how it all sort of comes about. And you, I think you really focus on how uh, people would react on the dance floor because obviously you were, you grew up in the clubbing scene, you know, you probably went out and partied and, you know, got inspired yeah. from the DJs and you want to be like, oh, that energy would be right and this would fit really well here and the drops have to be a certain, you know, length or level or, you know, the build-up has to be a certain... Whatever. And, I, and you've definitely nailed it with all your tracks. Um, and, Thanks, man. You know, Thanks, and it's like, it's like simplicity, 
with a bit of com- complexity. <laughs> Simplicity and complexity. <laughs> complexity <mixed together. laughs> is just scandal. And I, and I love the fact that you do bring out, um, you know, a few booties, like bootlegs. And, uh, and the, the one mm-hmm. track that I love now is Candy Girl, who, what you just brought out, which is um, a, childhood, uh, a child memory, well, not child, maybe teen memory um, of just playing at these cool clubs and just hearing that duh. Da, 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 and everyone's singing it and you've just brought it back and it's Mate, amazing. I, what, what made you, is that, is that something that you really wanted to um, kind well, of? So I, I loved it. That was before I actually started going clubbing um, and all that. That was the era that I missed. I wish I, I was there for that, but I missed that era. Tony B um, missed it actually. He, yeah. he actually missed it. I completely um, missed it. Yeah. yeah but I, I, I think I was. I was know pla- the song yeah. though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, even yeah, if you didn't, I, it's, you've done a good job with it. So yeah. people will know. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I was, I'd sort of grown up listening to, uh, well, I first started growing up actually listening to hardstyle. That was sort of what got me oh. into the genre, which is what, why I make like some hardstyle stuff, you know, here and there. Um, but I also was listening to like the Ministry of Sound, you know, sessions and classics and all that sort of stuff. That, that was another massive influence for me. So um, all those kind of records, I'd love them for ages. And I sort of never really wanted, you know, I always felt those records were, classics for a reason and, and really, you know, sort of staples for a reason. So I didn't really want to just do something to take the clout from the original song or, you know, maybe do something that I didn't feel gave the amount of respect that the actual original song should have had. So I'd always been really careful about doing a remake or something like that. But um, I'd actually tried a few before Candy Girl and I felt like this one was the one that, I felt I did justice to it, you know, and it felt like it really clicked and had really good memories for me. I had sick, you know, child, or not, like you said, not childhood, but teen memories listening to that record and, you know, like summer nights and all that sort of stuff. And it was something that I felt like it, it's the right time for me to do a record that's a little bit less club focused and maybe a little bit more listening, radio, you know, commercial-ish focus. Yeah. Just because with the way that the world is at the moment, you know, I'm not playing shows every weekend like I was before the pandemic. So I feel like the music scene has opened up a little bit and allowed people to slightly, you know, maybe do things that they weren't able to do before just because everyone's home and, you know, not everyone's at a club every weekend and I'm not having to focus on, writing music specifically for my audiences at clubs. Mm-hmm. So I had a little bit extra time and I was like, look, I, I reckon this is good. I'm going to give it a crack. So I worked on it actually probably for about 12 months in total, which is ages for me to work on a song. I just felt like it wasn't a hundred percent there. So I was like, look, I'm just going to hold off. I'm going to hold off. And then once I was finally happy with it, I was like, yeah, let's go. And I wanted to release it within an Australian label in Australia because it's an Australian record. So it made the most sense for me to do all that. No, that makes sense. And I love what you said in terms of like, do you want to do it justice? Because we were talking about this the other day, the Mm. whole idea of like, say, covering a track. There's two ways you can do it. And it's cover it like the same way uh, an acoustic guitarist will cover a song at a pub. And it's literally just play that song and it'll be, it's it's karaoke. It's just recreate the song Mm. and, give it your best shot exactly yeah. but what you've done here is turned it into your own sound and and rebirthed 
a, a classic, mm. you know. And Thanks, I, man. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. You've really created a, mm. an awesome spot. It's very tasteful as well. Like you could, it's I ate like, it. I ate it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. I, <laughs> I want to eat it again. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's not like you listen to it and you go, oh, oh, what would you do with the track? It's actually like very similar to the original, but yeah, you've you put your, your little twist, scandal twist on it. Yeah, so. I mean, I got the... No, no, I was going to say, yeah, I got the vocal done. I tried to get it as similar as the original as oh, so I could, but I wanted Wow, that's, so that's not the original. No, 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 it's not the original Beautiful. vocal. I got it. I just wanted it to have a little bit more of um, uh, sort of grittiness to it that it didn't have in the original. I, I think the original was a little bit more clean and like it, it worked for the purpose where it, when it was out, but I felt like if I was going to do um, a cover, you know, like you're saying, I wanted to really make it my own. I didn't want to just make it like a me singing on an acoustic guitar and it just sounds exactly like the, the original. So um, I changed the key of the original track and I, you know, just completely reworked the instrumental. So it was, and it's got a different feel to the original as well. The original was very electro. So I feel like this is, it, when I hear that vocal, this is sort of the style of track I imagined it to be in my head. So I was like, look, let's give it a crack. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, at least I like it. So, no, and for you guys sure. Like it as well. <laughs> Dude, and, that, and that's exactly what it was. Like for me, I was listening to the track and I thought, I know I know what the song is, right? And I go, well, yeah, I can't really pick up on it until you get to the da-da-da's. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there it is. Like yeah. it's like almost yeah. like this reveal of we are, like a scandal has created a new track here. So I, props yeah, to you, exactly. man. It was awesome. Thanks, mate. Yeah, you four, you four played me on Instagram, and I was like, <laughs> "Please be that track, please be that track. That'd be, that'd be great." Um, I love I love your stuff. Um, as I said before, and um, one of the tracks that I love as well is "Take Off" uh, with Hooligan Hefs and Sunset Brothers, because obviously, banger, big friends, uh, big fans of Sunset. I'm good mates with them, and uh, when I heard that you did the track with is that them, a little name drop, I yeah. loved it, man. What a, I'm good what friends with them, man. Let me what, just give them a call. <laughs> Did you you work, did you work with Hooligan Hefs uh, personally, or did you just get the track done and then it kind of happened? Oh well, so actually, it started as just a collab with um, the boys. So I went up and stayed at uh, one of their houses for a few days. In which, one, which one? Uh-oh. Which one? Oh, <laughs> Glenn with, with Will. Oh before no, he farts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't sleeping in the same room. Since oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he snuck into your room, man. He's crazy. <laughs> fart on me when I'm sleeping. Yeah, probably. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, so we started it and um, so Hefs and I had been talking separately and Hefs and the boys had been talking as well, just separately as well. And we just mentioned it to each other when we, we started working on the track and um, uh, Adriana was like, why don't we send this over to Hefs then? Like since he wants to work with both of us, why don't we just do it as like a big collab instead of just doing two separate ones? And I was like, that's like a really good idea. So um, I'd had the original idea pretty much sketched out and whatnot and sort of brought it to them and they were like, yeah, this is really sick. So we worked on it, you know, for a few days all together, got it to a point where it was, you know, I, I, you know, I thought decent enough to send over. Um, and we just, I guess, went back and forth. It was actually really funny. It started off as a triplet song. It wasn't the way it wasn't straight, um, four by four, like the way that it is. It started off triplets, but we felt that with Hef's voice on it, it just had too much energy to, Mm. uh, make it go that way. So Mm. I was like, let's just, bring it back to four by four and, and make it kind of, it, it's something that I don't think really anyone's done. It will, in my opinion, it's sort of like a hard style rap um, party crossover, you know, like it, it's yeah. like a weird sort of mix of genres that I don't think anyone's really done, you know, especially 
with the Australian rap thing, I guess that's another thing that really hails to the Melbourne sort of thing because we started off on doing, you know, Eminem bootlegs and all that sort of stuff. That's how the Melbourne minimal yeah. sound, you know, sort of became popular here. So it felt, you know, kind of right me doing a, a record with an urban artist with like a rapper on it that, you know, sort of maybe made me feel like I was going to my roots. Even though it wasn't a full Melbourne Bounce song, it just made me feel like it was the right thing to put on the record. And it turned out, you know, sick. I love it. One of my favourite records I've done. You know, it's, it's such, it is such a great track. Yeah. Like, and I love even even the artwork when you guys were um, promoing it on Instagram and whatnot. Even the artwork, yeah. it, it had this – the sound is awesome. And you're so right, that whole, like – you needed it had that almost like what you've done with Candy Girl, like that grittiness and having that mm. that raw like hip hop, like the the way Hooligan Hefs and mm. will be rapping is just like so so heavy and so so strong, which is awesome. Yeah, and backing it up with all the Visual, um, yeah. all the visuals that kind of hit me when I saw it all. It reminded me of back in the day when you were hopping online and doing things like um, what was that website um Pornhub Habo <laughs> sorry <laughs> no like the, the, the cartoons like Habo Hotel and things like yeah, that yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like it looked like sick that. like it looked really cool everything about it from from the visuals was was sick it was great yeah yeah I actually had that that idea I thought it might be cool to do like an old school kind of you know how they used to do cartoony hip-hop kind of covers yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I thought the idea from that I was like let's do something kind of like that but you know sort of, you know, not really taking the piss, but kind of, you know, something not too serious. We didn't want yeah. to make it a, like a crazy, you know, full-on cover with all of us, you know, staunching and, and doing a, the hottest yeah. new album sort of poses. Well, look, look, Adriana, Adriana would have loved that to take your shirt off. And just <laughs> cover, let's be honest. Take um, your shirt off. This for a few things. Yeah, so the track kind of reminded me a little bit of like the Chemical Energy, Will Spark style, you know, that kind of mm. thing. But, um, and, and I love it. I used to love that like Australian like rap version. Anyway, so you've done a great job with that. And that and that Thanks, really, mate, yeah. um, so Scandal is just pounding through and I just love it. Um, and with the visuals as well, you know, like, you know, you said Porter Robertson played your tracks first. Is that something that like, you know, he's very visual. Like I, I remember I, I heard a thing about Porter Robinson saying he locked himself in a, uh, you know, his basement, I think. And then he made his album literally just by looking at uh, rainforests and visuals and trees. And it was really weird. And this like, yeah, he's crazy. He's very man, visual. Guy. So is that something that yeah. you kind of do when you, when you make your tracks or is it because you just kind of go with your experiences um, in the past? Um, you know what? I actually get a lot of inspiration from a lot of different spots to be honest. I, I, I find, I, I guess Melbourne bounce is very, you know, in quotations catchy. That's like mm -hmm. the main, you know, thing of it that makes everyone want to play. It. And when Porter Robinson played Gypsy, I, f I feel like Gypsy is one of my most catchy tracks that mm. I've got, you know, and it's really simple. The sounds at the time, it was extremely unique. No one had really, you know, made a sound like that and the actual lead sound and all that sort of stuff. So, and I think that half kick and bass um, breakdown, which is not a, you know, a, a normal type of breakdown. It's, it's still got energy and in a, in a festival and in a room like that, it, really stopped everyone and I think that that's something that Porter took from that and was like okay this works I'm going to play this out and see how it goes I don't think he was looking at it like this is a new genre I'm going to try and break it I think he just heard the track and was like this is a really unique 
new thing that I haven't heard or worked with before. And I think that's the type of person that he is, obviously not knowing him personally, but that's what I think of him. And I try and do that too. Like I've tried to, like you said, I haven't just stuck to one, you know, sort of genre or theme in my music. I've tried to take influences from heaps of different things. Like, for example, I love hard style, so I write hard style tracks, you know, every now and again. I write some down-tempo stuff when I feel like writing some down-tempo stuff. I've, I've written quite a lot of different, you know, things across the spectrum because I feel like being a musician is pretty much that. You should be a musician. You know, you should write what music you feel is important to you and that you like and if people like it too that's a bonus if they don't well you know you're still happy with the art that you've created i think that's that's the way i look at it that is that is <laughs> exactly that? the little it. that is exactly the little promo snippet <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for, I like, just going tony b is going to love that i just little went from, spiel. i just went from six to midnight yeah, he went then. midnight straight <laughs> off the bat he didn't Man, even need that. to bat he just loved that shit <laughs> dead set. I and, love it. I, and you're so right like music is a form of expression and like you've you've got say artists that will paint and whatnot and this is music is your canvas and you then create from that and and it has to be you can't be create like stuff like dance music and electronic music is really easy to think how are people going to react on a dance floor to this mm. yeah and i think the the i, I want to shy away from saying covid and the pandemic was great but i think the if i was to take any positive out of it it would be that we looked at things as or as creatives and go, well, we need to create in a different way. And it, and it was to create stuff more for yourself. 100%. Because you're not there going, oh, I need to make sure this is going to work at the festival. I'll test it out at the festival. I'll test it out at the club. You're literally just going, here it is. If you're in your bedroom, if you're at work, if you're going for a walk, listen to it and let's see what you think. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. And that's how I felt with Candy Girl. I felt like this was a time that I could express myself in a way that I hadn't because I wasn't worried about finishing all my club records for next weekend or the weekend after or anything like that. I was, could just sit here and work on something that I felt was special and different to me. And, you know, I could listen to it on a walk or, you know, while I was at the gym or, or not at the gym because we're in lockdown, but you know, in in a training environment, but you know, I felt like I could listen, listen to it everywhere in the car and it felt not you know, not that my other stuff hasn't felt authentic, but it just felt like I ha- didn't really need any external forces to um, get validation for the fact I had a, a good song here. You know, it, it was it was something that I felt very internal on this one, which is something that I, like you said, it's it's not a good thing that's come out of the pandemic, but I guess it would be definitely a silver lining. Yeah, you know, sure. from from all the the stuff that's been going on, it's made me, I think, and a lot of other artists become more uh, introspective with what they write, and not so much to please everyone else. And if they were doing that, I feel like a lot of artists have sort of dropped off a bit because they haven't had that um, external source yeah. for their inspiration. So I, I think it's been really good. It's been really good to see heaps of artists you know, not change their sound, but just put out things that they would never put out before. And I've loved it throughout the whole pandemic. There's been records by heaps of different artists that I would never have expected. And I was like, well, I like this. This is cool. Well, everyone yeah. loves you guys. Our scandal, uh, the the actual brand, the marketing, the, the, the whole concept of scandal is awesome. And I love it. The name, the way it's spelled. Uh, (laughs) I feel like scandal came from somewhere. I feel like you may have done something in your past that the name came from. Did you, uh, (laughs) did you rob a shop or something and they go, Hey, (laughs) no comment. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot confirm or deny. All right. Give me this. What's the most scandalous thing you've ever done? 
If I could tell you that on a radio interview, it wouldn't be very scandalous. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's a podcast. We say fuck on air. <laughs> Mate, I, I don't. There's been some, definitely some stories over the years that. I think some of them I'll probably take to my grave. I think there's some of those. I don't know. Spiel, mate. Spiel. You got to do uh, one. You got to do one. Was Hooligan Hefts or Sunset Brothers there? (laughs) (laughs) They're They're always in the scandalous moments, mate. And you're in your scandalous moment. I'm in the scandalous moment. As Sunset Bros, we've definitely had a few nights um, (laughs) that we shouldn't be talking about, I think. (laughs) Someone put a big big bleep over this. All right, here we go. And... (laughs) So what was the worst part? What, what was the most scandalous moment? Beep. And whoa, that's crazy, man. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> no, I mean, look, it, it used to be, it was quite, you know, on tour and stuff when, when, it was, when it was, I was touring heavy, stuff used to happen all the time. Like it was, it was pretty, uh, you know, kind of funny, kind of worrying at some times. I remember <laughs> one, at one point um, I was in Asia and we had, I had to pretend to be a singer for this um, uh, a police escort. This isn't really scandalous, but it's just always a really funny memory that I find that, yeah. And I guess it kind of could be scandalous because I could have gone, got arrested and whatnot. So we <laughs> left the airport. I got picked up by my driver um, and they said that we have to go to this festival. We only had like 45 minutes or something and the festival was like an hour and a half away. So they said there was this police um, uh, blockade going with uh, DJ Snake's crew taking him to the festival because he got there late. So I had to pretend to be um, as like a singer on one of his tracks. I can't even remember which one it, it ended up being, but we had to pretend up being a singer and say, "Yeah, yeah, this is my track." I couldn't even I didn't even know the lyrics of it or anything like that. So and we jumped in because he had so many cars with him. Um, me and the promoter that came with me jumped in one of the vans. He wasn't even in there. And we just got in the van and rode with this whole police blockade to the festival. <laughs> That's great. Got out with his crew, ran on stage and played my set and then didn't see them for the rest of the night. I was oh. just about to say, imagine if you, you ran out on stage and they were like, here's your microphone. You're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to my show. <laughs> so great now one. I guess I am DJ Snake's singer. <laughs> yeah, legit. Yeah. Well, there you go. If you didn't know Scandal, that is Scandal. And if you ever go to Melbourne or if they're ever touring around, you got to check them out because it, it's really, it's really cool to to see where, you know, where their shows go and and this, the the idea behind what they make and you know what they want to you know push out to the to, to the fans. And and it's really cool. And you got have you seen him live, Tony B? I've seen him once. Yeah, right, right. And just seeing, just hearing his story makes me appreciate it even more like you heard me say in that chat like and i've said it numerous times Mm. where electronic music to me i kind of looked at it as like yeah well it's not really music yeah exactly it's just like easy on the computer do whatever you want and it's naive to think that way Mm. like especially when you chat to people like this well yeah and and it's very interesting to see where their stories come from and you know the ideas and what experiences they've they've had in the past uh to kind of make the music now like a perfect example is our next artist, Azure. Azure as a project, right? As, as you know, for me, had to be like all the parts of myself turned up the volume right up, right? Yeah, and she's been a part of our journey mm. since the beginning too. Yeah. I would actually consider her a, a friend. Like I look at her progression and see, see what she does. And I love her maturity in writing yeah. the music she does. She's incredible. She really is. And I can't wait to share this one. That's Azua. She's going to be on our next episode of More Than Music. Music.